Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I look at Twitter sometimes. I'm trying to quit. I'm in a group. But I do. Maybe you look at Twitter. Maybe you go to Twitter. Uh, I found that that it's the only place I can go on the internet and find a goat riding on top of a German shepherd. And I find that hilarious. And so that's, that's what I go to Twitter for. I want to see a goat uh, you know, riding a German shepherd. And you can see that almost at any time. Or you can see kittens eating cheeseburgers or, or, or whatever. And, and they're talking and it's wonderful. You know, I stay away from the other stuff because Twitter can also uh, be very similar to, for those of you who are old like me, you remember the three stooges, you know, somebody will make a statement and then they just start gouging each other's eyes and slapping them and bonking them on the head or, or like being at a Beastie Boys concert, kind of the same sort of thing. It's, it's just, it's just there's roughhouse and, and, and they make fun of each other and it's ugly. And so I try to stay away from that. But there are some pretty cool uh, news feeds that, uh, that tweet. And so I found this story. This, this made my, uh, my daily glance at Twitter worth it this week. Because we were working on, you know, I was working on sermons for, for tonight and reading the passage that I'm going to read in a minute. And there's this word that we read every year during the narrative, the birth narrative of Jesus. And it's a word that doesn't translate well to English, but it's a really important word. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Actually, let me describe it to you. Um, I found this story this week that came from Omaha, Nebraska. There was a woman there. Her name was Ashton Johnson, and she was blind. And she and her husband had been trying to have a baby for some time, and she did conceive. And so the baby uh, was coming along well, and they would go in for ultrasounds to check to, to make sure everything was developing the way it was supposed to. But she said uh, in the article that it was difficult for her because her husband could see the little baby. And he, you know, he would, he would say, oh, oh, he's, look, he, he's, he's got his hand right up over his face or something. Or, you know, he's, you can see his little fingers right now. And she would go, oh, that's, that's great. But she couldn't feel it. You know, there, she said that some, there are just some things that words can't describe. And it was, and, and one of the nurses had observed this, one of the technicians, I guess, at the ultrasound lab, and, and she felt sorry for her. So she had a friend that was at Creighton University, which has a big research medical center. And she was talking to her friend over there and said, would there be some way, maybe, that we could get pictures from the ultrasound and maybe like do a 3D print? You know, it would be kind of like Braille. And so she said, well, we'll try it. So they took some 3D pictures and then they, uh, or they took ultrasound pictures and, and turned them into 3D prints. And so they brought them to her and at her next appointment. And she, she put her fingers down over this image of her. It was going to be a son. And she could feel his little nose. And she could feel his little lips. And she just burst into tears and said, I, I can see him now. Which was ironic, 
But, but that's what this word that, that I want to talk about is, is all about. The word is behold. It's not a word we say very often. It gets lost in, in the Bible for the most part. We, we'll sing it, uh, we'll hear it in O Come All Ye Faithful in a few minutes. It's all over the, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's one of those words that doesn't translate well in the Hebrew to English in the Old Testament and in the Greek to the, to the English in the New Testament. It means so many different things. But, but, I, but I think that it's so descriptive of what this blind mom was experiencing because there's some things words just can't describe. And you don't see as much as you feel. You, you feel it in your heart. When we look, we see. But when we behold, we feel with our heart. And that's a whole different thing. And let me read the passage it comes out of and, and start making a connection with what it has to do with the, the birth narrative that we're reading tonight. That sounds so laboratory, doesn't it? Sounds like, that sounds like a seminary phrase. Well, the birth narrative, you know, sorry about that. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to have a seminary moment. That gives me uh, sweaty palms when I do that. But this is, this is from... Luke's gospel, the second chapter, and I'm going to read just a few verses of it. This is when the angel comes to the shepherds who are out in the field keeping their flocks. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for... Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Behold. And so I was thinking about that because I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, so I don't want to pretend to be. I have books that break those words down. And, and the word has so many different meanings in English. And you know what came to mind? Uh, um, um, among other things like being able to be up here with you on Christmas Eve, which is my very favorite thing about being a pastor, particularly at this church. One of my favorite things about being a pastor is doing weddings. And, and my favorite moment in, in every time in the wedding is when I'm standing there with the groom and the bride suddenly appears at the other end of the aisle with her dad. And they, if it's at a venue somewhere, they step out from behind a shrub or something. Or if it's in a church, they open the doors. And it never fails to get these amazing responses from grooms. I remember one or two in particular, one groom I was standing next to, whenever she, it was at a church, and whenever she, they opened the doors and there she stood. And knowing that, you know, he's seen her a thousand times and probably seen her in the dress because these days it's no big deal to just go ahead and get in the dress and have pictures made. And that was an old tradition where you didn't let the groom see the bride in her dress. And, you know, that's, that's an, just another tradition. But he'd seen her a thousand times. And when he saw her, he just went like that. And I thought, okay, that's a good response. That's cool. 
And another one, another one just said one word. And you could hear it about five rows in, but I can't say it. (laughs) But TVA's got a bunch of them. And I thought, okay, that, that about covers it too, you know. But the best one, best one was the guy who just melted. I absolutely melted into tears when he saw this woman. They've been, they've been together for eight years. They've been engaged for four years. They dated for four years before that. They knew each other backwards and forwards. He had seen her hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But he had never beheld her. That was his opportunity to behold. And, you know, as I, again, this week, as I was thinking through this stuff and thinking of how to talk about this tonight, I thought about the same situation with my wife. We'd, and I, and I've, some of you have heard me tell the stories, and I won't tell them all tonight. But we were together in high school, and, um, and I fell madly in love with her, and she took a less emotional approach to it at that point. Uh, she did not understand what a catch I was whenever we were 18 years old. And so she went her way and I went my way. And, and, and basically, I've been in our relationship two years longer than she has. But, but, but we're in it now. So, you know, and I was always insecure about her. Did, did she really love me like I love her? And she told me over and over again and done things to show me. But that day at Trinity Episcopal Church in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, standing at the end of the aisle with her father in that dress, I looked at her. And it was, behold. Behold. I saw her in a way I'd never seen her before. I would behold her and be held in her heart forever. She held this promise of hope that was fulfilled the moment I saw her. Behold and beheld. And she held me and still holds me in that promise of hope. Behold and beheld. That's what the angel was trying to get across to the shepherds. Because, let's face it, what they saw, there's no way to rationalize that. You know, this is, you know, you can only imagine that, you know, the, the light comes down and the angels start singing and there's this chorus and these, they're just out there with their sheep and they're just monitoring the flocks and it's boring work and they're probably lonely and they're tired and they're sleepy. And the angel said to them a word to snap them out of it. Because seeing that, there's no, way to, there's no way to rationalize it. So she was saying to them, behold. Don't, think, don't overthink this, guys. Let your heart lead the way. This is God. You thought God had forgotten about you. Because you hadn't heard from him in a long time. And there was this period of time where the Jewish people hadn't heard from God in a while. He hadn't forgotten about them. He was just waiting for the perfect moment to send his son so that they could behold the promise of hope and be held in that promise of hope forevermore. And you know what? There's a lot of people in here tonight, probably all of us, are dealing with things that are hard to rationalize. All of us are dealing with stuff that 
we don't understand and we see things and we think things and we hear things and we see it on the news and we see it in our families. We hear about it here, we see it over there and there's no way we can take it in. We think, you know, there's no way this could be happening and there's, there's no hope. And maybe, maybe you're in a situation right now where, where you're in a relationship and you think there's, there's just, there's, this is not going to work out or I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job at the end of the year or, you know, I've been, I've been for this checkup and I'm still waiting to hear back from the doctor and he had a bad look on his face whenever I was telling him what was wrong and, and you're so concerned and, and it's hard to wrap your mind around that. That's whenever you have to, to not look with your eyes but behold with your heart. And be held in that promise of hope that the baby has for all of us. It's all about seeing something a new way. People have been seeing babies born for years. And that's one of the great moments as well. That's certainly a behold moment when you see that baby for the first time. And people have been buoyed by that and have, have seen that that promise of hope so many times in that moment. But with Christ Jesus, we have to see it a new way. This is not just another baby that came down. We behold and understand there's, there's so much meaning behind this birth that can change us forever. When we behold, we see something there that wasn't there before. Um, this is not my first gig. I, I played on the road in a band for several years and, and was in the radio business for a lot of years. And Lynn just tried to, I think, she, I think she humored me. I think she thought one day he'll maybe figure out what he wants to be when he grows up. And then 30 years ago, I dropped the bomb on her and said, I I really think I'm being called to ministry. We had gone back to church and we've been in this Bible study and really think, I think I'm being called to ministry. And you know, she, she in her mind, intellectually, she assented to that and said, okay, I, I get that. I, I see what you're saying. And she had gone through the same sort of spiritual reawakening. But that's, I mean, that's potentially a lot of change. I've got to go back and get quite a bit of education that I didn't get before when I was a younger man. And I wasn't sure if she was all in or not. And Lynn worked at Kohl's at the time. This was in the Christmas of 1992, right before we took our first church in, in the summer of 93. And we have these villages. Maybe you have them at your house. We have a couple of different kinds. We have a St. Nicholas Square and Americana, I think, is the other one. These villages, you know, where you've got the school and the church and, I don't know, you've got a park and you've got little swings and street lights and all. And it's just a little village and, and little lights go in them and they glow and they're, it's so cool. And you can just, it's so neat to sit there at night with the Christmas tree on and look at these and imagine, you know, life in that little village, wherever it is. So that year... She came in and she had been shopping after work and with a Coles bag. And she said, oh, I got another building for the village. Why don't you open it up? So I pulled it out of the bag. And it was the parsonage. And I knew at that moment she was all in. I didn't look at that box. I beheld that box. That was a behold moment. Because that wasn't just another piece of plastic to put with our village. 
That was a promise of hope. She was all in with me, no matter what the future held and no matter where the road would go. And brothers and sisters, that's the way it is with the baby Jesus. When we behold Jesus, we are held in a promise that he is all in with us. He is all in with you. He is all in with me. And what I did before and the life I lived before that was so unchristian, and the things I've done that were so bad, and the things I've done that I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and remember, I think that's the, what the devil loves to do to get you off track. And God's up there going, I, I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember, you have faith in my son and that's all. That was then. This is now. What I pray tonight for all of us is that we will behold the baby and be held in that promise of hope that he offers. You know, Jesus didn't use these words, but that night, when, right before he was arrested, he was having dinner with his disciples and for the last time. He would be arrested maybe a couple of hours after the dinner. And he took up a piece of bread from the Passover meal and he broke it. And what he said to them was, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you will. But when he said, do this in remembrance of me, he wasn't saying, remember that this happened as a fact. He was saying, participate in this. Be a part of this. Know that this is what I'm doing for you because that's how much I love you. It harkens back to whenever John the Baptist saw Jesus walk down the street for the first time. And John the Baptist elbowed a couple of his disciples and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That all sounds really theological, but the fact of the matter it is, when Jesus said, this is my body given for you, he was saying, I'm all in, behold, and be held in my love that will carry you past whatever you think you've done that was so bad. And then he took that cup of blessing and he lifted it up and gave thanks for it. And he said, drink this as often as you will in remembrance of me. He was saying, behold and be held in this promise that I'm willing to give the last drop of my life for you. That's how all in I am on you. So as we come to communion, our prayer for all of us is that when we taste the bread, taste the juice, we will behold and be held in the love of this Savior who gave himself for us and it all started in a manger in Bethlehem. And leave here with that in your heart. We've seen 100 nativity scenes so far this year. We see with our eyes. We behold with our heart. Give him your heart. He knows what to do with it. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you, thank you for your son who came to earth to live as one of us, to die for us so that we could live with you forever. We behold that tonight and we pray to be held in that promise forever. 
Lord, pour out your spirit on these simple gifts of bread and juice and make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the body of Christ redeemed by his blood so that we may go from here and that others may see in us enough of Christ to behold him even in our lives and know that they too can be held in the promise of hope forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.